Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs, and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God, with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose way of life is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Thanks be to God for his word. It's actually really nice to be back here. Yeah? It's really nice to be back with you all. And to see all your lovely faces, hey? It's so cool. So today, the, the psalm is from today's lectionary reading. I didn't just pick it out of blue. I don't, although I don't, do love it. It reminds me of kind of um, the 90s Christian ballad um, that goes, you know, Anyway, that's probably traumatic for some people here. Yeah. It's a, a, you know, a tune, a banger. Um, um, and, and, uh, but I, I was reading through a lectionary. I don't normally pick the psalm. I, I think we've, I've talked about psalms here in the past um, and, and how I've just been kind of really praying through the psalms as, as a practice or trying to as best I can as a way of using it as a prayer book, essentially what it's been written for um, as a prayer book of God's people. But this part, this psalm um, particularly stood out to me. And I think this psalm stood out to me in the context of psalms itself, um, which I'll talk a little bit about, but the context of my own life and a few different things that are happening. So it's, it's a bit of a personal message, uh, a few stories that I feel um, are, are, are there. Um, but then there's also, I think, yeah, some reflections from there that I hope yeah, uh, new life to you guys, um, to you guys, and also I think with this kind of idea of home and finding um, God's house, like I think the moving kind of thing kind of all ties up together in bits and pieces in many different ways. But yeah, so the Bible Project, I, I, I played the video last time, but I'm aware not everyone was here, um, that the Bible Project describes the book of Psalms as a prayer book um, of God's people who are striving to live to be faithful to the commands of the Torah and be wait, waiting for the mess messianic kingdom, for, for God's kingdom to come. And there are a group of poems and songs and prayers that are written long before they kind of compiled. Um, so some of them are by David and, and so on. And then they're compiled um, around the time, experts say, of Israel's exile into that Babylon. So, so the, their book, they're kind of a book, it's a book of poems and prayers of songs that are gathered for an exilic people, people who are in exile, who've been exiled from their place. And I think that's what strikes me about the psalm so much. Because in the psalm you hear this beautiful poem, this beautiful song of longing, a longing for home, a longing to find where God is there, um, the, the home that God has 
Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. And so yeah, I'm gonna share a little bit about how that, that's reflected for me, and hoping that through that process you may you know, learn at least one small thing. Huge. Um, so in this passage, there is this clear longing for a place of home, right? The psalmist writes, even the sparrow has found her home and to swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. This is this longing in this, this seeking to find a type of home that the sparrow, the swallow has found. Um, the Bible loves to talk about kind of birds finding homes. Um, it's kind of a key metaphor in the, in the Bible. Uh, but you hear in this, like not just a story, not just a passage, not just a song of like finding things, but a song of longing for things, a song of grasping and desiring for things. It's a call, it's a call and a prayer of the people who are in exile. It's a call of people who are praying in exile looking for that home. And I think I know, I, I know this feeling well, and a lot of, some of you guys, a lot of you will know my story here, yeah? uh, but some of you don't know me, my story, um, because home is a super complex question for me. Um, I was born in New Zealand, I moved back to Malaysia when I was three, and then I moved back here when I was 13, always knowing that we'd move back here. Um, not when I was three, I didn't know anything when I was three really. <laughs> I no, no conception of, um, of moving. Uh, but, but yeah, I moved back here when I was 13, um, kind of thinking I was Kiwi, but really growing up in Malaysia, so that was a really just orientating process for me. And this constant question of what home is was always, always present for me. Home was sometimes Malaysia, um, we'd go back like three times a year when I was here, uh, and home was sometimes here. Um, and to be frank, I still call both, both places home now, which is confusing to most people. You know, in New Zealand I call Malaysia home, and in Malaysia I call New Zealand home, and so I'm kind of never home in a sense. And what has been, this led to has been a real longing, and I think this is a deeper longing for all of us, whether, wherever you, whatever that looks like for you, to, for this place called home, for a place of home. There's this quote I've read, and I actually don't even know what it's from, but uh, uh, by Ichioma Umebinyo, um, has this beautiful poem slash quote that reads, um, so here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. And I think this has been like kind of a mantra of my life, kind of this idea of home, the longing for home is a constant made every, evident in every trip back to Malaysia. And, and you know, this trip um, to see my grandfather um, is, has been particularly felt that way as well. And so I think when I read this passage, things came together for me. Um, and so through this process, through this time, I took solace in passages like the Psalm, which tells me that my home was in the house of the Lord, which is nice. What the heck does that mean, though? Uh, it's one of those things where you kind of read it and you're like, oh, it's really nice. Of course it's in the house of the Lord. But what does that mean? Is that, is that the church? Because sometimes you hear this passage and they say, oh, you know, it's better to be one day in the house of the Lord setting up the chairs, which it is. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. That wasn't apparent. Um, you know, um, but, you know, that is, is it the institution of the church? And obviously, I think most of us know that's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, and that may form part of the question, but definitely unsatisfactorily so. So what that, then does it mean to find your home in the house of the Lord? And so this is something I've just been thinking about, and I've got here, well, I don't have a clear answer, which I think is in every single one of my sermons. Um, so I um, don't have a clear answer to this, but what I think is clear, what I think is clear about living in the house of the Lord and finding your home in the house of the Lord it has everything, it has everything to know, everything to do with knowing that you belong with God, you belong with God, and you are always welcome there. It has everything to do with belonging, it has everything to do with the knowledge that you are always welcome in the house of the Lord. 
You see, for me, the most profound experience of home, for me, the most profound experience of the home for me was, um, was knowing I was welcome home. Um, so I know home's a complicated question for a lot of the, some, some people, and home looks like a different thing for a lot of people. And home definitely has not been perfect for my life. But when, when I finished law school, essentially, this is a story I remember really dearly, is that when I finished law school, I went through a pretty bad spat of mental health, some of you guys know this, and essentially burnt out, just had a really, really bad spat of me mental health. I just moved out of home, I just started a full-time job, kind of had my independence, kind of like, yes, I am big adult boy now. Um, and then I just, just crashed, right? Like everything just kind of crashed, like a whole bunch of things went wrong, sorry for a different time, but, and I had to move back home. I just had to move back home. Like that was just the only option I had was to move back home. And, but what I found to me was not a sense of failure returning to my parents' house, but an open sense of welcome and belonging that was the healing, that was the process, that was the part of the process of healing. That when I went home, there was no expectation of anything else other than you are welcome here because you belong here. And I think there's something about that and how we understand what it means to be, find home in God's house. You know, when, when I go out to Malaysia, I have to apply for a visa. And you can't have dual passports, so I don't have a Malaysian passport. Well, I can't do passports with a Malaysian passport. New Zealand doesn't care, as many as you want. So, so I, when I go out to Malaysia, I have to apply for a visa, which is kind of a strange sensation for somewhere you call home, right? Like a visa that can be rejected at any time and basically say, no, you can't come in here. Um, and that, you know, I mean, think about during COVID and whatnot, people, that's a real disorientating feeling for a lot of people. And yeah, so this is, I guess in many senses, this is an imperfect home. It's an imperfect home because it's not a place I can feel always welcome. So home then is a place where you know you'll always be welcome there. Home is knowing and trusting that you'll always be welcome there. Finding a home in God is knowing that the yearning and longing for home can be met in the knowledge of the welcome embrace, the embrace of God that says, you're welcome here. Because that's what the story of, am I, yeah, so this is the beauty of the story of the prodigal son, right? Uh, the, the, the beauty of the parable of the prodigal child. It's not simply a story of forgiveness of the father. It's not just simply a father saying, I forgive you, but it's a story of homecoming. It's a story of a son coming home and saying, I, it's better for the servants in my father's court. And his father saying, of course you belong here. We've already killed the fatted calf. You don't lie. Of course you belong here. Of course you're welcome here. This perfect home can only be matched in God, can only be found in God. And that's just, I think for me, it's so clear that it can only be found in God whose unconditional forgiveness and love and welcome can't be matched in this world. We can seek to find home in our different things, in our lives, in, our, in people around us, and that is really important, and that is really possible because we are made in the image of God, in Margot Day. But this cannot be holistic unless there's all roots to God. That perfect welcome, that perfect embrace, that perfect knowledge that you're always welcome home can only be found in the dwelling place of the Lord. And I think that's what the psalm talks about. So the first reflection is this, a longing for home can only be met in God's home. And I think more, when I, when I talk about finding home, I think a lot of us know here that it's not just about the semantics of where we call home, right? It's not just whether I say I'm from Malaysia or I say I'm from New Zealand. Like, the semantics of that actually doesn't matter so much as what I see myself to be. The, the knowledge of home is inherently and intrinsically tied to identity. Am I a Malaysian Chinese man who's alien to his own country, or am I a tourist 
from New Zealand when I go out to Malaysia? What am I? Am I both? Am I neither? Am I somewhere in between? See, with all these questions of identity come fragility, right? Like, we, we talk about this fragility all the time in the cultural moment, you know, and fragility that exposes itself as sexist, racist, homophobic, vitriol, that comes from a lack of understanding of one's own identity, right? We talk about white fragility, et cetera, et cetera, male fragility. Um, and so when one feels their identity is threatened, and because of others being able to express theirs, um, there is this deep sense of um, yeah, fragility, of, of pain. And I, I know that for my own life, um, I, I had um, for a long part of my life, and I think some, to some degree sometimes now, um, as a deep, I had a deep sense of shame of my own identity and a kind of internalized racism. And these things are debilitating. These things are debilitating. And you see this in the psalm because the psalm knows that in the strength, in your identity and where you place your identity, where you place your home is where you find your strength. Blessed are those whose strength is in, is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Bakar, they make it a place of springs. They, the autumn rains also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The psalmist is saying here, what the psalmist is saying here, this strength to strength, this kind of this idea of walking through this valley of weeping and, and sorrow and making springs of life there, this kind of strength that comes from that, is entirely connected to the rest of the passage, the rest of the poem, the rest of the psalm, in that it is one who finds their identity in the courts of the Lord, is one who finds their identity and home in the courts of the Lord that has the strength. They can stand firm in that identity. And, and again, this doesn't denigrate or take away from the many of things identifiable, right? Like, if someone asks me where I'm from, I don't, like, I, I haven't tried, but I don't say I'm the house of the Lord and my inheritance is in him. Um, <laughs> Although someone did recommend that for me once, he was like, if you're ever in danger, just yell out, I'm claimed by the Lord and I'm protected by him. And I was like, that actually might work, but kind of in another way. <laughs> Maybe I'm slightly strange. Um, I, and I'm still a Malaysian, Chinese, Pakia, or Toei man, terminology and discussion for a different time. Um, but I think that what um, these things, these things are part of how we find identity in God's house, right? God, after all, makes us after her own image. Imago Dei and our identities, cultural, otherwise, are, are bound up in that, are reflections of that, right? But as in the case we're finding home, these identities, these ideas, in my opinion, are imperfect and incomplete. Rather, a true identity does not rely on, that does not rely on our human fragilities, can only be found in the deepest and truest sense of our understanding of our belovedness and our belonging in the house of the Lord. That's where, it, that's where it has to come from. So it's my second reflection is that when we find our identity, we find our identity in Christ and through it in his home. Probably like many of you, I, no, I don't wonder that because I did write the sermon. Um, but I had, like, I, often I want to set these sermons and go, you know, what's the practical definition for this? What does that look like? Finding, how you're, um, finding home in the house of the Lord is a great thing. And I grew up in a church where we want step-by-step processes. <laughs> identifiable measures of success and how to live a life of God. Um, and sometimes, um, despite the tenor of all my talks here, um, I want this too. But this is, this is so personalized, right? Like, the, the finding home and identity in God's house, I, I can't tell you what that looks like for you. For me, I can tell you it's the deep need to constantly be still and know that God is God and I am belong in her embrace. 
as a person who's scattered and as a person who feels like there are so many things that draw on me and who I am and who I claim to be, that the need to return to that deep stillness and say, to remind myself that God is God and I belong in her embrace, is to constantly know that I have grace and bounding to stand on, to stand on that picture of the father running out to meet the son, to running out to meet me and say, you are welcome here, you are welcome in my house always. It's a sitting in quiet, listening to God, knowing that God is there, God is there embracing me even when she does not speak. Ultimately, I think what is common for me and what's common for me in all these things and always in going back to these, this idea of home and this idea of identity is the choice, it's a choice. Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. And this is, I guess, the challenge, right? Where do you find your home ultimately? Where do you find your identity ultimately? Because in the psalm, what I read is this sense of, um, of choosing. Better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. Um, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I'd rather be. And so I guess, again, I'm not saying abandon all worldly identities, abandon all worldly homes, um, cast away all things and just be um, in, in the house of the Lord. But ultimately, I, I think we need to constantly be asking the question, is where I'm finding these things in the spirit of Imago Dei, where I'm created to be in the house of the Lord? Ultimately, where are we placing that sense of hope? Where are we placing that sense of identity? Does that lead back to the house of the Lord? And I guess in a sense, this is a sacrifice because you can't have all these things at once. If I'm finding, but I think for me, like, that I guess idea of sacrifice is a bit of a strange one, but like in this poem, in this psalm, what, the, I, what I can hear from the psalmist is saying is that, well, I'd much rather choose the thing that gives me that unconditional sense of belonging, that unconditional sense of identity in Christ. And that for him, for, for the writer, doesn't seem to be a sacrifice. And I, I, I personally feel conv- convinced, convicted, and challenged to say, how does that apply for me? How does it apply for me when the things kind of feel like they grasp on each other, feel like they pull on each other? How do I make that a choice that, um, yeah, to, to seek and to find my identity and home in Christ? So it's like that reflection, finding home and identity Christ is a choice we make instead of the thousand elsewhere. I'm not sure how challenging this is. I just spoke this at Brooklyn this morning and I, yeah, I feel like even speaking now, there's different implications for different people about this. Uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you that maybe some stuff may not apply to you. Maybe some of this stuff like you're, you're pretty happy with where you find that. But I want to challenge you to, I guess, ask the question like, where are you, where are you placing that home, sense of home in? Because yeah, I think there. Um, I think that there's this unconditional, there's this unconditional forgiveness, unconditional grace ever flowing from God's house, and God wants you to to reside there. God wants you to place that full trust there to say, I belong here and I am welcome here. So yeah, I'll pray as Connor gets up to lead us in worship. Yeah, again, anyone wants to chat, I'm really happy to, and I'm always prayer there if you need. Um, Jesus, we thank you for. Um, yeah, the Psalms, and we thank you, Lord, for the, the songs of prayer and worship of a people who, um, yeah, just really want to seek after you, um, and, and how that can be new life, new breath to our lungs um, each day, even in this day and age, 3,000 years later. So, Lord, we just pray um, that as, yeah, these words, um, whatever is good uh, may stick and remain and find good soil in um, our hearts. And whatever might not um, just be washed away um, in your love. Um, And so, Lord, we just pray 
the knowledge that we belong and we are welcome in your courts to know that we uh, can stand foot um, in our identity and um, our homes in you. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.